right. Is it going to be one of those intros yeah, it's again? Be, well, have we started yet? <laughs> Road Table Talks, RTT. 37. 37. Episode 37, a.k.a. Season 2, Episode 2. There you go. RTTS2E2. R2D2. I like him. him. He was nice in yes. that movie. Yes. All right. We are margin. Ooh, Time. We are margin. Pace. Schedule. Flow. Mm-hmm. All of that. So, let me ask you a question, Chad, to start us out. Go for it. What do you do with your time? Wow. (laughs) That. (laughs) All right, I take it back. Don't go for it. It's kind of a philosophical. (laughs) Like, what do you do all day? What do you do during the day? These are questions that people don't want to ask people if they work or have jobs, because it seems like... So how do you ask the question? It almost like, feels like, I don't feel accused, but it can feel accusatory. Like, <laughs> what do you do? How do you justify your yes, existence? Right. <laughs> right. Tick tock, tick tock. What are you doing? Are you worth what you're actually getting paid? Um, you know what? Let me, I'll probably bring us up to 20,000 feet on for my answer. Um, I will just say this. That has become more into focus in the last several years. And I've seen a growth for me to be more intentional with the days feel like they're flying. Mm-hmm. Uh, the years feel like that too. Um, but w- am I going to look out at this week? What is What am I responsible for? Home, work, da-da-da. How am I going to schedule out time? What makes the most sense? And what it looked like five years ago is not what it looks like right now. And so that season, season's changed. That season changed for me. I would say I probably wasn't a great manager of time mm-hmm. for a, most of my life, mm-hmm. a long period. I'm still not the best, but I've grown more intentional with thinking through that question. Like, what, what am I going to do this week of my time? Yeah. How, how, how are we going to be? What are the goals for us here in ministry at work and da-da-da? What are my goals? What are we doing with my team? What does my team need? How am I going to spend that? this week Mm -hmm. what does that look like what do i need to do to prep for a talk or something it seems like one of the possible frustrations um people have with this this notion is um the sense that um you know how much how much uh, of my schedule is decided for like how much of the use of my time is decided for me? Yeah. Like, I got to work. So that's that. I got to commute to work. I got to go grocery shopping and I got to do the laundry and got to cut the grass and pull the weeds. And um, and so after all of that, you know, I got to go to church. Mm-hmm. You know, got to listen to RTT. Got to listen to RTT. <laughs> you can do actually. Get, you can listen get to RTT to listen. while you're doing. That's right. Some of the other things. Yeah, that's a good point that I just made. Um, <laughs> so, like, I do feel I'm. So you're, you know, being intentional about time. Is there or can there be the a difference between being intentionable, intentionable? Intentional about time and intentional about my schedule or intentional about time and intentional about my calendar. Like, Cause I think those are sort of overlapping concepts, but they're not quite the same. 
Oh, okay. That's interesting. You know what I'm saying? Say more. Well, like, okay, yeah, you got to work. But can I be intentional about the time at work? Can I be intentional even if some of my calendar is dictated by the structure of my life? Yes. Like, is that just out of my control? I got to drive to work and I got to sit at my desk, but I don't really have control over that time. Or I drive to work and I sit at my desk because that's part of the life call that I have and I can be intentional with that time or not. Wow. So um, what you're talking about is far more interesting than what I said. So what I, <laughs> what, what I want you to talk about when I hear you say that is what I would terminology describe it as somewhat of an existential crisis that what do I do that I actually am not in complete control of my yeah. time? Like right. I don't get to wake up and say, I'm going to do whatever I want a day. And I think, I think I feel that. I think people feel that. Like, what do you do with that? That internal angst of, hey, you know what? Like 80% of your day, you don't get to choose yeah. necessarily yeah. Like, like you're talking right. about what's right. on the calendar. Right. That's right. So there's a sense in which we can then, I don't really have much to say about time. When I would say you might have 80% of your calendar dictated to you, but 100% of your time is still under your control. I like that. Um, and so, um, here's what I, let me, let me, let me do this. Let me talk about John 11 okay. and talk about, cause we probably should have some Bible in here rather than just the two of us, ch you know, chattering away like <laughs> fools. <laughs> so in John 11, there's this episode of, um, it's near the end of Jesus's ministry. Lazarus, his friend is sick. That's how it starts. John 11, now a man named Lazarus was sick and he was from Bethany, the village of Mary and her sister Martha. I'm not going to read the whole passage. I'll sort of paraphrase as we go along. So Lazarus is the brother of Mary and Martha. And he says Mary was the same woman who poured perfume on the Lord and wiped his feet with her hair earlier. Um, and so they sent word to Jesus, Lord, the one you love is, is sick and when he heard this, Jesus said, the sickness will not end in death. No, it is for God's glory so that God's son may be glorified through it. And it says Jesus loved Lazarus. Jesus loved Mary. Jesus loved uh, Martha. So it's like he loves them. So when he heard he, he was sick, he stayed where he was two more days. And then he said, let us go back to Judea. And they're like, hey, people want to kill you there. Um, and Jesus answered, are there not 12 hours of daylight? Anyone who walks in the daytime will not stumble, for they see by this world's light. It is when a person walks at night that they stumble, for they have no light. <laughs> I'll let you interpret that later. Chad. <laughs> after, after it said this, he, wanted, he went on to tell them, our friend Lazarus has fallen asleep. I'm going to go there and wake him up. And they're like, hey, if he's sleeping... No big deal. NBD, he'll wake up. And he's like, no, he's dead. I got to go, you know, raise him from the dead. Yeah. And there's this question, you know, when he gets like, why didn't, why didn't he, he says, this will result in bringing glory to God. Lazarus says, this will not result, this will not end in his death. He dies, but the story doesn't end in his death because he, he gets resurrected. And the question is, why didn't he just go? Like the expectation, 
all that, you know, all of what we would expect someone to, well, I got to go there so he doesn't die. And Jesus is like, I'm on a different, he's on a different faithfulness in that moment looked unexpected. It looked different or whatever. And he goes and he raises Lazarus from the dead. Mm-hmm. And he has to talk with Mary. Martha. why did you let him die? We don't really get a super good answer to that question other than obviously Jesus then raises Lazarus and everyone sees that and brings God's glory and it identifies who Jesus is and it's part of his mission, part of this bigger picture. And I'm just, I wonder if we sort of unreflexively, like this part, this is the expectation that people have for my day, for my whatever, and that then dictates it. I don't even have a decision to make in the matter. When actually, I think I do, mm-hmm. that I can, I can go to work even though that period of time is allotted and I can't change it if I want to work there and get paid and so on. But I can go there and be faithful to my call, the time given missionally, or I can go there and just say, this is their time. I just have to be here. It's not in my control. Yeah. And so I do think we look at calendar and schedule and say, well, so much of my day is decided for me. And then we want to make time for this or let's find time for that, Hmm. which we have to do sometimes. We have to make time for stuff and find time for stuff. But I have 100% of my time. I'm I'm me in the present 100% 100 of my time. Is there a quality of being in this moment that I'm called to that I'm not necessarily even... I think so. How much of, how much of that do you think is on a conscious level that we're aware of? Or how many things when I'm listening to you, I'm wondering about myself, like how many times is that just happening in me? Like there's almost a resentment or Mm -hmm. something about it. Like, well, I'm not in charge of it anyways. Right. Well, if I had the freedom of my day, I would choose to do this. I certainly wouldn't be in this meeting. I certainly wouldn't be there. And so how much of that then it's like, I have chosen then uh, for lack of better words, it's not a bad word, but attitude. I've chose my attitude right. towards the That's day. Right. The manner in which I am living in the present is up to me. Yeah. And something, the circumstances of my present may not be necessarily, but I do think, I do think that's what our, our culture is really sort of obsessed with planning for the future. And I'm big into planning for the future. Mm-hmm. I'm sort of a future oriented person. So this, I'm speaking from some, some level of experience that thinking about the future, planning for the future, moving towards the future, all good, or kind of hung up on the past, um, you know, uh, instead of the past is something I can learn from, something that can be redeemed. The future can be transformative and missional. And the present is when faithfulness is... Faithfulness is required of me in the present. Yeah. It's required of me in the future too, but I can only can I can only be faithful now, now. Yeah. Like I can't be faithful now in the future. Uh and I I think there's this sense of um it's easy to say I'm not in control of my time or not in control of my schedule when I kind of feel like that's true and not true at the same time. Yeah, both are true and not true. That um, I don't know what I, I, I'm not, I'm not, I don't know if I'm articulating it well, but after this, after he goes there, um, and after I think he heals, uh, 
he raises Lazarus from the dead. Then I think there's the Mary Martha episode, if I'm not mistaken, where Martha's busy, busy, busy getting mm-hmm. ready for this meal, mm-hmm. and Mary's in the present with Jesus, yeah. and Jesus says Mary chose the better way. And I think we live in a culture that's very much, let's get ready for what we have to do tomorrow. Um, and I'm all about getting ready for what we do tomorrow, but I think um, getting ready for what we have to do tomorrow can't be to the exclusion of what who's God calling me to be today, right this moment. Yeah, and, and you know what I think... Um, so there's the, the, the other side, uh, or another part of the conversation of margin and calendar and time is his non-reactive yes. presence yes. to the needs, even of close people around him. Right. It's just non-reactive. Like, yeah, I know you had this expectation on me, but I'm, I'm not, I'm not going to rush around. Yeah based on all of these perceived needs and expectations. And I think I can be that way. I don't know about you. I, I, I wonder who's listening that relates to, I don't, I don't maybe feel in control of my time. Like what you're saying, mm-hmm. I'm not in control of my calendar and I maybe don't feel in control of my time because I gotta, I gotta make everybody happy. Right. I don't know. Right. I gotta do this. I gotta do that. Um, and I, I do think there is a sense that like both those things are true. Mm-hmm. Like people do have expectations. Sometimes we should respond to them because sometimes they're appropriate. Right. Right. Uh, you know, the lesson isn't do whatever you want. <laughs> <laughs> don't worry. Don't worry I'm about in control of my else. time. <laughs> Sit around and do whatever you want. Um, but we can be active and we can be intentional because I do think the merry moments with Jesus have to be planned for mm-hmm. because we live in the, the way that our culture doesn't sort of against the grain. We have to plan for it. Um, but I do think there's this, there's this sense of it's easy to sort of, it almost, it almost takes responsibility in a way to say, yeah, I don't really, I don't have a choice in the matter. I've got to do this. I've got to do that. And, you know, one of the things I believe, and this is probably, I don't know if this is, this is just what I believe. I think we, I really, I really sort of push back against, I can't do this or I have to do that. I think what we're saying really is I'm choosing to do this Mm -hmm. and I don't want to take responsibility for the choice because you almost never, I mean, you can't lift a thousand pounds over your head. You have to breathe. I mean, a lot, almost everything else involves some level of choice, therefore some level of responsibility. Mm-hmm. And that's kind of, maybe that's where I'm go- going with, yeah, I have to go to work. Yes, but how you are at work is is actually totally up to you. Yeah. Or you can get, you can put out your resume out and, and you can, you know, you, you're not a passive, hapless victim of life or of your calendar or of other people's expectations. Yeah. That feels that way. I'm saying all this because I think most of us feel that most yeah. of the time, right? Yeah, like life is happening to life us happening. and I can't do anything about it. Right. When I think maybe what you're inviting us to is there's quite a few things you can do about it and you can be a different person mm-hmm. by grace, mm-hmm. uh, but also with conscious effort awareness of, no, I'm, I, I don't, I, yes, I have to show up to these meetings and yes, I have to be there on time and blah, blah, blah. And I don't get to go, um, you know, on hikes all day or right. whatever it is. Right. Um, 
but people how, don't pay you for that. Typically. Yeah, because yeah. who you, but who you are mm-hmm. and how you are, right. then yeah, you do have a lot more say in that, mm-hmm. and you can't place all the blame on them or the structure. Uh, or if you're going to, you can just say, well, if you're unhappy in the spot you're in, you're free to change it. Right. That's right. There, you do have some freedom of choice here, yeah. and therefore some responsibility over the choices you make. And that's where I feel like. Jesus calls us to this life of flourishing and mission and fruitfulness. And it's almost like we can say, I mean, we wouldn't really say this. Like, yeah, but I got a job and I got, I got, you know, I got a, somebody got to do the laundry where I can do all of those things and be faithful to the call or do all those things and not be faithful to the call. Mm. It's all about who I am as I'm doing that. What does faithfulness look now? I do think Two, it just kind of depends on what kind of person you are. Um, like for the person who likes to plan their vacation down to the, you know, down to the activity. Are you a vacation planner or are you sort of uh, like, we, let's, let's Yeah, we go loosely plan. We plan and plan, then, hey, let's right. do two to three things, activities over right. the course of the week or yeah. so. And then, right. yeah. So, because you can, let's take that illustration to an extreme. You can imagine somebody who spends six weeks at home trying to plan out every moment so that the vacation can be a great time with my family yeah. for a week. And the six weeks are, hell. I don't, I don't want to be <laughs> right. On like the you vacation. spend six weeks with your family and they all hate you by the time you're, <laughs> it's like, okay. Or it's like drive, driving to the car so we can have this family event. Like the, like the conversation might happen in the car if you're open to it. Like right now in this moment, like I don't mm-hmm. have to wait for the thing. Right. To I don't have to wait for anything to live my life. I'm actually living it now. And I think that whole, that concept for me is like maybe sobering, but also liberating. Yeah. Like it's, it's, it, it's, it's almost better to think, yeah, I don't really have control over any of that. Of the most important things you yes. get a say in. Right. Right. That's what I'm hearing. That's as, right. That's, that's what's liberating. That's right. Of the most important things. Right. Because Tim Keller used to do this. He would talk about, um, and you, you you may not agree with this, and that's fine, um, a modern application when he reads the Bible and talks about slavery, he would often equate that to what work can feel like for people. Yeah. You don't get a say in Indentured it. Indentured servitude. Yeah, you have yes. someone over you who they, they're going to tell you what you can do or right. can't do. Technically, I can leave, but I really can't. T- yeah, you can. Yeah. Um, but you do get a say over some of the most important things. Yes. And that is love, joy, peace, patience, right. you know, right. your presence at right. work. What does that look like? Right. Those, are, those are actually things of life-giving, as you know as well as I do. You live long enough. The externals don't matter quite as much. Right. If you're miserable right. in this place and you move as an escape, you're going to be miserable there. All the causes of your misery will go with you. Right. Yeah. And it reminds me of brother Lawrence, this sort of practicing the presence of Christ, which, you know, this guy who wanted to live this great vocational career for the Lord and be an abbot or something like that, be a monk. And he didn't qualify. He failed. He failed. Yeah. And so, you know, basically thankfully to be a kitchen hand, basically, And then writes this devotional classic of while he's a kitchen hand, he's practicing the presence of Christ. He's living this devotional life that we're reading centuries later. You know, we know him, but we don't know any of the people he failed to be. Yeah. Because 
you know, he was faithful in the moment. And I do think um, I'm, I'm sort of trying to call a, a lie for me and for others as well on, I mean, we all feel like our schedule is taken up and we don't have time for this and we don't have time for that. And there's a sense in which it's true, but there's a sense in which every single second of my day is I'm, I'm living it in the present and faithfulness is in the present. Uh, worship is in the present. Uh, faith is in the present. Grace is in the present. We can have grace for the future, but I can't yeah. have the future grace until I get there right now. Do I have grace for myself? Do I have grace for you? Do I, what does faithfulness look like right now mm. in this conversation we're having or on the drive home or, uh, you know, I, 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 it makes this, this, First Thessalonians 4, Paul is telling, you know, how do you live in this world? Uh, and he's just talking about talking to the everyday normal people with jobs. And basically he says, you know, you need to have love for one another. And then chapter 4, verse 11, to make it your ambition to lead a quiet life, you should mind your own business and work with your hands, just as we told you, so that your daily life might win the respect of outsiders and so that you will not be dependent on anybody. And we got the not dependent on anybody part down, mm-hmm. right? We want to work so that we're not dependent on it. We have financial independence, but that so that your daily life might win the respect of outsiders. What does that even mean? Mm. It's, you know, what does it look like when I'm walking the dog or it's just the quality of, it's not something necessarily you're planning to do. You know, so the Martha part is important, but the Mary part, I think your daily life winning the respect of outsiders comes out of that. Mm. And I can do that every second of every day, or I cannot do it every second of every yeah. day. Yeah. Even though the dog has to be walked and the floors have to be swept and the dishes have to be done and all of that. Uh, and I think I'm, I'm as guilty as anyone of thinking got all this stuff to do. I don't really don't have time to think about anything else because I got to go do all these things. Yeah. In a way, I'm leaving out my day or leaving out tomorrow before I get there by looking at my calendar. Yeah. Yeah, and maybe in an autopilot way that we're unaware of where I'm, maybe I am responding to um, realistic or unrealistic mm-hmm. expectations, mm-hmm. maybe even from myself. Maybe the only critic or person I have to please is me. Mm-hmm. At the end of the day, did I actually do enough to not feel guilty? Mm-hmm. Right. Um, right. Right. Um, but I, I, yeah, so how much are we aware of? I'm thinking about my day. The day already feels full. I already have a sense of dread. Yeah. Or, or is there another alternative? Yeah. I think one of the things we're arguing about, especially when it comes to this concept of margin, is you're a lot more free to change some things than not. Yeah. And it's a word that we used quite a bit in season one, which was agency. Yeah, that's right. We have agency. God yeah. made us in his image. Um, mm-hmm. That's why people outside of uh, professing faith in Jesus, mm-hmm. they have agency as well. And mm-hmm. um, they can choose to be certain ways. And that's God's stamp upon us in the world. Um, and so I think that's something for us to consider is when I'm how aware of, yeah, you right. know myself. Right. Am I thinking through my day and my, mm-hmm. you know, planning it out? It, it, you reminded me of this quote of uh, I think it's Annie Dillard, and she said, "As we live our days, so we live our lives." Mm-hmm. Right. And all she's really trying to say is, um, 
the way we intentionally or unintentionally plan or live our time each day is going to accrue. It has a cumulative a effect. A cumulative that's effect, right. a buildup over time. And that's what our right. life is going right. to look like. And I was thinking too of, you know, how do we relax our uh, responses or reactiveness enough to let life happen? Like life is good. It's going to happen to us. Uh, I'm sorry. I missaid that. Let me, let me rephrase. How do we let life come, but not let life happen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Because the day's going to come no, to No, I think it's good. And I think that's the sort of, right, I'm not saying, obviously, don't look at your calendar or don't have a calendar or don't have days planned. I mean, that's obviously unreal. Right. I'm not saying that at all. But I'm saying, so in my own experience, as an example, I'm looking at, I'm at home and it's 7 p.m. And I look at my calendar for tomorrow and I see, oh, there's this meeting. And in order to... Um, there's something I need to prepare for that meeting that I haven't prepared yet. So I can, at that moment, I mean, I have agency to say, oh, yeah, this is probably something I'm choosing to do now. I didn't, you know, or I could get up early in the morning and do it, or I can choose to not do it and sort of float into the meeting, I suppose, but I'm responsible for all of those choices. Yeah. What I shouldn't do is grudgingly and angrily and resentfully prepare prepare for the meeting as yeah. if whoever's leading the meeting is at fault. <laughs> like who would do that, right? Nobody, Nobody does that, would ever. do that ever. <laughs> but I think because I think that's like, oh this guy, I don't know, he's gonna want to see this and he's gonna want, oh, I'm gonna want to have to. And so, but that's I'm doing actually the same activity. Hmm. But in one sense, I'm trying to be faithful to this is faithfulness to the call right now. Or if I'm not going to do it now, I'm going to be going to sit and watch something with my wife or we're going to have to, whatever. Then I'm going to, I'll get up an hour early and get this together. But mm-hmm. I'm choosing to do mm-hmm. it. Like, I'm not mad at anyone mm. because this is what faithfulness looks like. Um, and if not, you know, then I, that's a different question. But, if, you know, if, what is faithfulness? Like, do I have a responsibility to be prepared for this meeting if other people are going to need to hear this or want to hear that or whatever? Um, I mean, I've been... I've done this sort of, oh, I got to get that ready. And it's my meeting. Yeah, sure. Right. <laughs> right? <laughs> I don't know who I'm mad at at that right. point. It's my meeting. Uh, and I think that's kind of what I'm saying is I think it's so easy to be, to begrudge, um, you know, or be angry at God or other people that they're making demands on our time mm-hmm. as if we're hostages. Mm-hmm. You know, if I... I'm going to choose to get ready for this meeting. I can do it with, this is what faithfulness looks like for me right now. Or, you know, those guys are, I mean, probably I'm the only one going to be prepared, <laughs> whatever, whatever you say to yourself. Um, and I think that's the, to me, it's a, it's some sort of a, a key that unlocks a different way of thinking. I'm yeah. outwardly, I look probably the same, but inwardly I'm experiencing that pretty differently. You know what? It all happens in not milliseconds, but quickly. For me, with the scenario you're describing, uh, sometimes I will um, argue myself into, and I probably only know this after the fact, but argue myself into, I don't need to prepare for that. It's I'll just come in. I'll fake it. I'll 
you know, do whatever I'm savvy enough to mm-hmm. whatever get by, right. which probably isn't fully true because mm-hmm. people see through that. But here's here's my point. The problem is, is I committed about 10, 15% of my heart to it. Right. That's the problem. Like what's behind that decision? What's behind all that? And then what's going to happen after that? The yeah. next meeting, right. the lunch meeting, the... Right prep time later, if I'm only engaging, if I'm only showing up with 10 to 20 to 30% of me there, how much am I really able to show up Mm -hmm. in other places? That's right. And that's what gets, I think that gets us to the, that's the point. It's a way of saying what we've been trying to say all along is that prepare or don't prepare. Right. But But don't blame it. Don't and and acknowledge that you're not doing it. I didn't do it. I'm I'm choosing not (laughs) not to do it. (laughs) Yeah. And then be 100% present. And if not, don't, because I think it's all like, I don't know. I don't see how it matters one way or the other. Well, faithfulness matters. I don't know how it matters. Each individual day, faithfulness, because it's changing who I am. It's changing how I think about people I'm working with. It's changing. It's interacting. I'm I'm doing something out of faithfulness to call, or I'm deciding, you know what? I just feel like watching the rest of this football game. Mm Mm-hmm. Which, if that's your decision, own it. Yeah. Right. <laughs> own it. Right. And then, yeah, like you said, either get up early or just, I'm going to try to fake it. But if somebody says, hey, did you read that? Don't, you know, faithfulness in that moment says, yeah, no. I yeah, and all of a sudden, maybe we're three lies in. Right, we're three lies in. And we're so lying we're, to ourselves. Right, and we're lying to ourselves. And then, we're again, we're not not present there. So we don't show up fully to work so we can't show up fully to rest so yes. now we're in the half-hearted existence yes that's I'm right and just, we're just always exhausted and never getting anything done yeah uh and i think if that's where we are then i really don't have anyone else to blame mm-hmm. for that mm-hmm. um and i think that that's part of like you know mind your own business mm-hmm. <laughs> which it's good <laughs> it's right there in the Bible. <laughs> like I had told you when <laughs> like we visited, you mind your own business. <laughs> and live quiet lives of faithfulness so that your outsiders will be impressed. Um, I think another way in which we distract ourselves from being faithful in the present is to engage in looking at other people's choices mm. or, you know, whatever. Like I think... Life feels overwhelming, so I'm going to look at your stuff. Yeah. Uh, and I think that, you know, what does, it mean, what does it mean when the Bible tells me to mind my own business? Hmm. I think partly, like, what is my business? Mm-hmm. Um, and I think I'm responsible for my faithfulness. That's enough. Yeah. That's enough to think about. Right. That already should command my full attention because I'm not great at it. I don't necessarily think I need to know whether you're faithful or not. Certainly if you're an unbeliever, that is a whole different question. Um, like I almost feel like he's, it's, it, there's this sense of pay attention to your own life so you can live faithfully so that the outsiders can look at it and think, oh, that's an interesting life. Yeah. I wonder about that. Yeah. I wonder what that... Like, what is that deal? What is that guy's deal? You know, he seems to have peace. He seems to have purpose. He seems, whatever. In order to do that, I'm going to have to 
going to mind my own P's and Q's. I'm going to look at my own self. I'm going to, in other words, act, look in the mirror and just exercise agency over my own life. Yeah. And that seems scary in a way, or seems like, hmm, like this matters. Yeah, I, I, I was listening to um, a podcast the other day, and they were talking about uh, this phrase, episodic meaning. Mm-hmm. And episodic meaning, as they were describing it, was uh, we... Uh, this and they were quoting Richard Foster, who who mm-hmm. uh, writes books on spiritual disciplines mm-hmm. and um, really great author. But he said the the new tools of the devil are you know uh, busyness and more and right. distraction and noise. Right. This was several years ago, right. a decade ago, when he said that. But I don't think it's not true now. Uh, but they were talking about episodic meaning that we need these bursts of stimulation, these bursts of episodes whether they come in the form of an email of a tragedy that um, someone has experienced or a, uh, as you know, we talk about with our daughters, like the drama, like mm-hmm. this is the drama and we've lost the m- finding meaning and purpose in the steady kind of slow, not, not higher, low grind of life. Mm-hmm. And so we need these s- stronger stimulations to feel like we have meaning and purpose and I, I thought that was an interesting way, uh, interesting cultural lens to think through when we're talking about what do people need today when it seems like we're desperately searching for something. Yeah. More drama, or as you talked about, uh, end of season one, this, um, political outrages was the new porn. Mm-hmm. Like I need something stronger. I need something more episodic because I don't know how to find meaning in my everyday life. So what happens is now I become obsessed with everyone else's daily yeah, life. That's right. Everything else's yeah. daily life as right. opposed to minding my own business. Yes. It's actually a lot harder. Yes. To not obsess over their drama or they can't change and I can I'm going to change them. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm gonna. I think one. That's one of the things it means is I don't. I can't control anybody right. else. Right. <laughs> I don't. It's, I'm not up to that. Right. I, I can't change them. Yeah. Um, it's a lot harder to say I have enough business of my own mm-hmm. to tend to. Yeah, I think that's really that's really helpful. I do think that's is something that we do and something that happens, and it's maybe we mind other people's business so that we are distracted and don't have to look at our own business. Uh, you know, that what it, can I be, can I be alone with myself and God and have peace Mm -hmm. and can that be faithfulness and to what extent, like if I'm not finding meaning there, I'm going to find it all these other places, right? As you said, and this sense, you know, be still and know that I'm God is Psalm 46. It isn't that the, it isn't that the dishes don't have to be done or the meal doesn't have to be prepared. Cause I kind of say that to myself, well, Mary's great. Mary's with Jesus, but I guess you're going to want to eat at some point and who's getting the food ready. Right? right. Yeah. But it's not, it's not choosing one or the other. Cause the issue wasn't that she was preparing the meal. It's, this issue was she was mad at Mary mm-hmm. cause she was not minding her own business. Like mm. right now my business, my faithfulness, maybe it's preparing the meal. 
and I can sort of be, I can sort of practice the presence of Jesus while I'm getting this meal ready for all of us. And I can have peace in that. I'm not angry at anybody. I'm not anxious. You know, another time Mary might help her right now. She's like, it's not my business. Because that was the problem with mm. Martha, where she was mad at Mary. No, she's le- not letting life come. She's letting life happen. Right. This is happening to me, and this right. is a problem. Right. This is not, don't you see this, Jesus? This is, yeah, this, this is striking me in a fresh way as you say that, because, yeah, the problem is not a meal needed to be prepared, because a meal needed to be sure. prepared. Right. That wasn't the issue. That was issue. hospitality. That wasn't the issue. The issue was, I'm mad at my sister. Yeah. Maybe she thought, I this isn't my time. Yeah, maybe. But it was her time. Right. And I think that's partly what mind my own business means is that my own heart as I'm preparing the meal is enough mm-hmm. for me to be mindful of. And instead of maybe being mindful of that, I create the drama of, like she doesn't even, that's what cracks me up. She doesn't, I mean, she does what we do when we're <laughs> mad at somebody. We go to somebody else yeah. and complain about them. Like she doesn't actually say to Mary, hey, a little help. Yeah. She doesn't say that. Yeah. She says, Jesus, like, do you not, like, do you, not, I mean, hello, you see, she's, me, here we eat. Er. And uh, I think that's partly like, what is that? When am I not minding my own business? How do I engage in the world, not withdraw, to be still with God, to be engaged with the world, to be faithful and missional and mind my own business in such a way that somehow my neighbors see that and go, oh, that's different. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh I don't exactly know how it work, how it looks or how it works or how we should do it exactly because I'm not sure there's a recipe. You're right. But I do think I'm in control of how faithful I am or how faithful I'm attempting to be in this moment, even if my schedule is somewhat dictated for me. Mm. Um, I think that's the thing I'm wrestling with. And I think that's the thing. If we if we sort of got our arms around that, I think it would be really freeing. Yeah. I think it would give us peace. We'd be able to balance busyness with purpose and busyness with peace and activity with, because Jesus certainly was busy in a sense and active in a sense and did a lot of stuff, but he always had peace. He spent time with the Lord. Like it all worked in a way. Um, and what keeps that from happening in my sense? It's easy to say, well, I got to get going. I got to do this and I got to do that. And all this stuff has to be, I mean, in other words, we become Mary Mm -hmm. or we become Martha rather. rather. And we can even have a Mary activity with a Martha heart. Yes. Right. I can still be sitting still or reading or praying or doing spiritual activity that looks really good. Um, but I can still have the, and really I'm, yeah, Yeah. I'm working real hard in my heart and I'm not really still, Yeah, I'm doing the still thing, Hmm. but I'm not really still. Hmm. Um, okay. So on that uncertain note, well, maybe here's one more thing. Okay. I'm going to throw this out there. Okay. We, We might need to talk about this more. I don't know what to, I don't know how to change. I don't know how it changes, but that, I'm an eternal being in a temporal reality right now. Mm. And I wonder it's some like, it's like my faithfulness now almost feels like that sort of touches on the eternal story in a way my past and future Mm. in this temporal realm can't. Mm -hmm. I don't exactly know what that means, 
But what Jesus did made sense in the eternal story. Mm-hmm. In the moment, it seemed not to make any sense. Yeah, and, and I don't know what this means either, but I, it rings true. So just go mm-hmm. with that. Uh, what we choose now, we get later. Yeah. I don't, and I don't exactly know what that means because I know that, you know, there's people that are going to be in eternity with Jesus that maybe they didn't quite get very far on the transformation road. That has to be possible. Sure. Right. Absolutely. Um, and yet there seems to be some continuity between the person, the type of person I become that I'm responsible for yeah. now right. and something Right. In the afterlife, something right. in the new uh, eschaton, right. something with re- responsibility or yeah. uh, capacity yeah. for yeah. enjoyment. I don't know. Right. So my choices, my faithfulness in the moment matters in some way that I can't even really know now. Yeah. Um, and echoes into eternity in some way that I, it's impossible for even... Like it matters. We live in a high stakes life and it matters. Um and I think maybe we'll just leave it there. We're living yeah, high stick life. So that's the challenge is how do I have agency over my time, even if I don't totally control my schedule? Um, how can I be busy like Martha and also be merry in my heart? Um, to be merry in my heart. Those are great questions. Yeah, yeah really good questions. Uh, and that's where we're going to leave you with that. Season two, episode two mm-hmm. of RTT, number 37. <laughs> <laughs> Grace and peace, everyone. Thanks for listening to Rogue Table Talks, a Calvary Church Media Productions podcast. Be sure to subscribe and leave a review wherever you listen to podcasts.